looking for a new podcast? Step into the Mouse House with hosts Amanda and yours truly, David, as we discuss a different film or TV show available on Disney+. We are a podcast for adults. We focus on dark humor and needless deconstruction of all the films that we love. Come and laugh with us. I promise it's fun. And you can find us on Spotify. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere you could possibly imagine. So just search for Step Into the Mouse House on your podcast provider of choice. (laughs) Okay, good evening and welcome to this week's edition of Ringside Rewind. This is your friendly neighborhood soda uh, here to talk about uh, past wrestling. Um... I'm here today with Ray. How are you doing, Ray? Oh, fine. Thank you. Fine. Thank you. Thank you for having oh, me of today. Of course, of course. Louis, uh, our mutual friend Louis the Frenchie Manette said that he used to be a big wrestling fan back in the late nineties. Oh yes, I was just sitting down and watching with my dad all the time, man. The Stone Cold Steve Austin days, Mankind versus Undertaker, right? The best time. Right on. Yeah, those were. That was definitely when I started to watch myself. Like I've, I've been a fan for longer than that, but watching wrestling was that time for me as well. Uh, what? Uh, what was your? What was your favorite? Um, who was your favorite wrestler at that time? Truthfully, Stone Cold. Stone Cold was my favorite all the way, man. Stone Cold was all the way. He was like. You know, just the just the whole entrance. You know? Oh yeah, no. With the crash, I know. Everything, you know. Yeah, no. He was de- he was definitely one of the greatest draws to ever ever grace the pro wrestling ring. Uh, when was the last time you watched wrestling? Yeah, it's been it's been for a long time. It's been since um, uh, I think I I think I really stopped watching and paying attention when. Um, but everything changed after when Stone Cold and all those guys left for real. I think that was the last time. I think that's when I really kind of just walked away, you know? I wasn't, I wasn't interested in anybody yeah, else. So it's been a good 15 years, you'd say, then. Yeah. So what was it like? Why was it like watching it again? What was it like watching it again? Well, I watched the video that yeah. you sent me there, and uh, <laughs> I was watching it. It was like, when you, Mankind always surprised me, man. Like people say wrestling is fake, but when you see this guy in the ring, I'm telling you, guy, it feels like it's real because I'm sure this guy get pure interest. Oh yeah, we'll and we'll be getting yeah. into that. Just to oh. let everybody know, the match we're covering this week is from King of the Ring 1998, Mankind versus the Undertaker in Hell in a Cell, probably one of the most infamous match in pro wrestling history. Yes, yeah. Okay. So, just a little bit of a backstory into this into this match. Uh, Mankind's first feud entering the WWE in 1996 was with the Undertaker, and they would continue to feud on and off over the years. And it culminated yeah. in this match right here. Um, the uh, it's pretty much it's famous for two spots. One was planned. One was not. The first throw off the cage was definitely planned, and it was something that was decided upon that day. The second one, where he goes through the roof and hits the ring, was not supposed to happen. Oh, yeah, yeah? The, the ceiling gave out. That's what happened. Oh. Yeah, so he wasn't supposed <laughs> okay. to hit the ring. So he legitimately got knocked out. McFoley says it's the only time he's ever been knocked unconscious during a wrestling match. Because I, I don't know if you I, wow. did you notice when he hit the ring the chair flew, 
No, I know that. I know that cannot be. When you look at it, it looks like uh, it cannot be staged. There. That's a that's a yeah. Very that far was call. definitely not staged. If he'd have rotated a little bit more, you'd have it on his head, and he he wouldn't be here today. Yeah, but he's doing like you know, uh, mankind fully. He's always the kind of person that uh, no matter how much he gets hurt, he'll do anything to make the crowd to please oh, the yeah, crowd. Oh yeah, no eh? kidding. I mean, and just, this match is proof positive of that. Thrown off the cage through a table, and then he hits the ring. Which I don't know if you've ever known, looked at what a ring is made of. It's essentially two by eights and plywood and metal bracing. That's what it is. There's there's maybe a three quarters of an inch of padding on there. Uh, this guy, I think he survived. I think he survived lots of times. This guy. Oh yeah, for for sure. If you look at his laundry list, he survived. Out of all the wrestlers, uh, to me, I find that out of all the wrestlers, he must have been the one that that I that I have seen. I pay attention to that uh, got into a lot of crazy injuries. Well, yeah, and the, the reason why he he decided he wanted to do that is because if you look at him, he's not like he's not like a Hulk Hogan or anything. He's not physically imposing. He didn't have the best ring style, so he figured <laughs> to get noticed, he might as well put his body through hell. And over the years, he sure did, like with uh, matches with exploding rings and getting his ear ripped off in Germany and, and stuff like that. So the Bob Ryers, Bob Ryers, yeah. That. So what was so did it bring this match? Did it bring you back to when you were a child? Oh yes, yes I did. I, I believe I saw this one before. I think I, I remember this one because uh, I did watch a lot of cage matches because cage matches back in the days was the best ever. You know, like they're the most hardcore. I find, um, especially when they had a cage match with the belt on top. We had to catch the belt, and whoever catches the belt wins. Those were the best times. Yeah, one hundred percent. In this era, you definitely were seeing a lot of dangerous things. Yeah. Oh, yes, a lot, a lot. Now I find these new ones. I must have watched maybe one, two of the new ones, but I find the new ones are more too, too flashy. Oh, yeah. Not what for sure. There's there's something about this. <laughs> that's, that's kind of boring to me. I don't want to see flashy. I want to. You know, I want to see. The, I want to see the hardcore stuff. You know, I want to hear. I want to hear the, the entrance when the entrance starts. You know, it boosts you up. You know, or you hear Undertaker entrance comes on is like you get scared. You know, the crowd knows what's gonna happen. Yeah, right? no, for sure. So you're definitely a fan of uh of the testosterone pumping matches with the blood and the guts. Nah. It, yeah, there was a time I used to be my favorite type of type of thing too. Did you know that the Undertaker entered into this match with a broken foot? Is that match? Yeah, he broken had a broken foot. foot. So if you actually notice, you can see him twice during the uh, during the match. Limp once as he's entering to the ring, and once exact as he uh, jumps down from the roof. My gosh, these guys really put themselves into some. Uh... <laughs> Real, they really abuse their Yeah, for sure. And all just to entertain us, us uh, simple folk. I wonder, I wonder, I was wondering, I was, I was, as I was watching the match when he fell off the the cage, I was wondering, like, what do these guys take? Like, you know, did did these guys take something to, to be able to go through all that pain and just jump back up and go to work the next day? Like, Uh, did it? How do you take that much? How do you bury that much pain and just get up and you know get well, back? Well, what's to work funny is Vic Foley was he, he didn't really take many pain meds. Like I, I read his book a few times, and that's what he said. Like all he's maybe taken a handful of Tylenol for all his injuries, but most wrestlers, yeah, that is the thing. They do take um, pain medications and other things to numb the pain that they go through. Uh, you know, every night. 
I can imagine. I can imagine. I can't. I couldn't do that, Mia. Yeah, yeah, me neither. Oh, me neither. Man. Like I'm afraid of heights. There's no way you'd see me flying off a cage. <laughs> me, I'm not afraid of heights to say, but I will not. I will not put myself that high. Yeah, no, 100 percent for sure. Uh, and if you notice during after the second fall with the cage with the chair hitting fully, you could tell that he's pretty much just mm. running on instinct. He's not there at all. I know. I can see that. I can yeah. see that. I I just briefly watched the video. Uh, I just briefly watched the video today, and just before I spoke to you, but the video did bring me back, and I did. I'm sure I did see that, and I saw a lot of them. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And like all the the, the Terry Funk stuff, where he feeds Undertaker for choke time, that was all improvised, so Mick Foley could actually regain consciousness. A lot of that match was improv, right on the spot. Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, in order to he, to have the the wear of mind to keep to keep going and to take a lot of those bumps like on thumbtacks and stuff, man, you have to be mentally strong. Well, you have to. People say people say it's fake, but yeah, some of it well, is yeah, not. really the only thing that is that is fake about it is the matches beforehand. Is like you know who wins and you go over the match, but everything that happens in the ring that's one hundred percent real. For like, for the most part, in a regular match, like it's it's if you make one mistake, your opponent could die. Oh yeah, 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 that's true. One mistake, that is very true. So outside of the uh, the two cage spots, what was your uh, what moment stood out from you in the match? Uh, the moments that stood out. Well, that's that's what the let me see. Like I said, uh, I just got to watch it brief. I just got to watch it briefly. Uh, Cause you know at home I have a, sometimes I have no yeah, time yeah. right because I'm always with the kids. So I just watch this briefly there, so kind of it's kind of hard to say. I'm just trying to put one one together. Um, <laughs> I, I just you know I, I, in my head I just the same thing. I always ask myself the same thing, you know, just the way he the way he, like he was unconscious for a while, then after he just got back up smiling and. Right back to it. That's one thing that really catches me. No, fair enough. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's that's something that's you know not hard. It's pretty easy to be impressed by. Like, it's it's just crazy. Like we said earlier, it's just crazy what these guys go through. For me, it was the moment you knew that something was wrong with Mick Foley. Right after he fell through the roof of the cage, Undertaker hit him with a punch, and he just fell. Like uh um like a flower blowing in the wind like he had nothing in left in him at that moment that's what stood out to me oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah if you look Undertaker hits up and it's just it's just like Mick Foley just wilts and not uh, and how and how the what kills me too is how the the nonsense you know they just keep going like that they just you know they just play along with it you know just to keep the audience. Uh, no, not to worry. Well, that's right? the thing. That's their legit. That's their legitimate reaction because the only two people that only three people knew that was going to happen: Mick Foley, The Undertaker, and Terry Funk. Nobody else knew that was going to happen. Yes. Oh, so, ev- so everyone's okay. reaction is one hundred percent legit. Yeah. Wow. And and to add on to that, in a match the- later in the night, the main event was Stone Cold Steve Austin and Kane in a first blood match. Mick Foley actually came down and did a spot and interfered in that match too. Okay, just so before after, that match. 
Okay, after that match, after the match, yeah, after the going? match, he came back out for during another match and interfered. Oh wow! Yeah. Wait, they, they popped a handful of painkillers. No painkillers. No painkillers. No pain like I said, McFoley has admitted that he very rarely took painkillers. Man, this guy was. I don't know. I was. I don't know something. I was always upset with him. I, I was like, I just. I, I never forget my kind. No matter how long it have been, the, the pain that you endure, like, is like wow. Yeah, me neither. Like, it. honestly, I don't know how I could ever thank him for everything he did to himself just to entertain the fans. Like the amount of stuff he did, man. I'm surprised he can still walk. And there were times where he could barely walk. See, like right now, the new, the new, the new generation that never be like something like deep as that, you know, as hardcore. As well, that. I mean, they they do some right. dangerous stuff, but I mean, they're better prepared for it now because when McFoley was doing it, you never saw anything like that in the states. Yeah, that is true. That is true. I guess I haven't. I guess I haven't watched uh, watched as much. I don't even know who's really popular now at well, the moment. Fair enough. If you ever get a chance, I do recommend just watching the occasional SmackDown or some of that. You might be entertained. Like they are all really good athletes, but they really don't. There, there's something missing between today's athletes and the athletes of yesterday. Um, I honestly, I don't know quite what it is, but you can tell that there's there's a disconnect. Maybe, maybe more, maybe more, more flashy, more. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. More flashy. Uh, maybe. I, I, I do. I, I do. I do catch what you're trying yeah. to say. And it was also probably one of the things that did that helped was at the time you had competition with WCW and uh, nowadays there is no competition. Like honestly, something like that, you very rarely saw in WCW at that time. Maybe that's what it means. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, well, maybe. Maybe you just need a little bit of a fire to light uh, to light up their, their butts. So uh, was there anything else you took away from the match? Oh, what else there is? Uh, uh, hmm. Not that I, not that I can really say. Not that I can really say. Um, why was it when the when I saw when Undertaker was still on the cage when they brought it up? I just noticed that when Undertaker uh, Undertaker was on the cage when yeah. they brought it up, was there any reason? Uh, well, not really. He just never really came down, is what it is, and to get the. The stretcher around, you had no choice but to lift him up with the with the cage. Well, I will say that was a pretty like seeing the aerial shot of him looking down on all the all the massive bodies was a pretty cool shot. Hmm. I wonder. I wonder. I mean, I wonder what was he thinking when <laughs> when he. I wonder what he was thinking when you see mankind just crashes the table. I wonder what he was thinking in his mind, like you know, like oh shit. I wonder what was going through his mind when the when the uh, mankind fell. Fell sixteen foot onto that you table. Know, I wonder what's going to make your mind. I was thinking I the same thing. I was, I was watching it this time because it's been a few years since I've seen this match. It's. I I hope one day we do get Undertaker's thoughts on his career because that's that's something he's never really, with the exception of this documentary that's coming out that covers the last few years of his career. He's never really done any interviews out of character, and so I I would be very fascinated oh. to 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 learn his thoughts and some of the more iconic moments he's been a part of. 
That's very good. Lucky you say that. That's very true. Eh? They don't really do. I never saw them do interviews on any characters. Not much people I saw do interviews. On he's the only one. Yeah. He's the only one that really has never done those type of interviews. Like everybody else does and whatever uh, for promotional purposes, whatever. But the Undertaker never really has. He's probably been the only guarded character in the last like thirty years. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, or maybe 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 just like that at home. You know, some people bring some people bring the work well, to home. Well, back in the day, though, that's that's just how it was like. You like you separated your wrestling career from your home life. Like you kept it, like you just kept it separate. So you never really brought your home life to work and stuff like that. Like that's what kayfabe is. You you uh, to the fans, you made it look like it was actually real. You pretended outside of the ring that it was real. Yeah, and he's like the last one. He's like the last of a dying breed in that sense. Yep, I agree. I agree. That's so, crazy. What watching this did it by chance ignite a spark in you to possibly watch again, or to go back and watch some old matches? Well, after after this, yeah, after this, I I I'll probably like pick up a TV, the control, and look at the new ones, you know, to see who's the the popular one and how how is it different from the older days. And yeah, I think I would watch. I would sit down and watch it yeah, because that video really kind of bring back a. Old memories, you know. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. I was sitting on watch it and see really what's going on. Now. See, who- yeah, and if you go on YouTube, they do. WWE does have full matches on there. Not a lot, but they do have some. So there are definitely some from the modern day that you could definitely check out. Hmm. I will do that. I will do that. Right on. Well, that pretty much covers everything, right? Uh, is you have Twitter or Instagram or anything like that that you can plug? Uh well me I'm <laughs> truthfully I'm yeah, more like old school eh? I like like I told Louis I'm very um like I told you earlier I'm very not tech savvy yeah my just just like my cell phone I learn my I learn something new every day about my cell phone <laughs> it's very <laughs> rare you meet somebody like that that's for sure that's it somebody has to tell me what these cell phones do these days eh all I do is pick up the hello and buy that's all I do <laughs> sounds like my dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if I, I don't know if you take that to a company or not. I, I, you take it however <laughs> you like. <laughs> so yeah, so like these twitters and uh, I never get it with you with Twitter and Instagram and uh, Skype. I don't get it, man. It's like just call me on the phone. I don't. I don't. Get it. <laughs> well, honestly, Skype is pretty good. Or if you like, you have relatives that live far away, so you can actually still see them. Like that's really the only benefit of that. But what? I do use WhatsApp. I, that's the one thing I use. I use WhatsApp because I talk to my brother overseas. Oh, all yeah. Time, there you right? go. Yeah. So I like WhatsApp. But other than that, uh, the other things is like, man, it's like, just call me, man. You know, just just call me on my phone. Oh, you're definitely hello, you know? old school. You know, sometimes I, I see people in the street and then we start talking. I, I, the weirdest thing I, I see sometimes these days, I'll see one of some of my buddies talk to girls on the street or some girls somewhere and they'd be like, oh, wow. Uh, Call me on uh, they'd be like, tell my friend, call me on uh, call me on Skype or Instagram. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Do you guys both have the phones? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why do that for? Con- oh, oh, let's check check me on Snapchat. Tell me on Instagram. I'm like, just give give number, give a number and talk. Like, hey, I am with man. you on that. I I'll never under. I'm I'm technically a millennial, and I'll never understand like the whole Snapchat and Vine and all that stuff. I'd rather text or call someone. I don't get- 
Yeah, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. I'm plus I'm not a photogenic person. I don't I can't I can't uh, have uh six hundred photos of myself, man. I'm not an underwear I'm not an underwear. Yeah, model, me neither. Man. It's very rarely yeah, you'll see a picture a selfie of me. <laughs> That's it, you know. I have like uh, probably like uh three baby three baby photos out there in the whole yeah. world, you know? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. All my friends have my pictures and they're buried, buried, buried deep in their houses. That's yeah, that's it. That's it. Same here. Same here. I didn't get it. But you know, young people no ask the young people. The young people like it. They yeah, exactly. Like it, right? That's what makes them happy. That's what's important, right? Yeah. All right. So you can find me uh, all over the interweb. That's soda underscore the underscore saxman. That's on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me lurking on the Schmoes of the North podcast. Uh, on the Schmoes of the North Facebook page. Sorry. Um, Ray, thank you very much for joining me on this episode. Yes, yeah, so thank you. That was it was a good uh, good little experience yeah, there. Good for look. sure, that's kind of that's my point. To see if I, to talk to fans who either haven't watched in years or or never really got into wrestling, and see if it's maybe something they'd pick up. So it's glad to hear you're willing to go back and take a look at old stuff, some stuff. Will do. All right, all right. Thank you very talk much. To you later, Ray. All right, yeah, you all too. All right, Bye. and that uh, ends our latest edition of Ringside Rewind. Uh, Y'all you have yourselves a good evening. Hey, bye. Well, hello there. This is Louis the French Humanette. Now listen to me closely, okay? Do you need to update your podcast logo design? Outdated? Or always wanted to look more professional with your own business card? Now from graphic design to audiovisual equipment rental, Axeware is your main spot. This is professional service and competitive prices. You can always reach them at 956-312-4823 on Facebook under Axeware or simply Axeware at gmail.com. That is A-C-S-I-W-A-R-E Axeware. We got you covered.